0: Bonjour, my darlings. How are you? Comment ça va? Bienvenue, welcome to the next episode of the Paris Lessons. I hope that you're all doing as well as can be in confinement, in confinement. In this episode, I am going to take you through my beginner's French program. I did this last week on an Instagram live and the response was very positive. So I thought, why not do this here, ici, on the podcast? And should you be inspired to add this course's ebook, the support audio and video materials to your French Learning Bibliothèque library, remember that 20% of the profits of all of my digital courses, all of the digital courses that you can find on my site at Frenchisbeautiful.com, of those profits are being donated to French relief efforts. The two relief effort organizations that I have chosen are Secours Populaire. Those are our earth angels who are making sure that the vulnerable, the vulnerable, are uh, receiving the groceries they need and the visits they need during this this crisis, as well as Fondation Hôpitaux. So that will benefit all of our earth angels that are working in our hospitals in and around Paris, throughout La France, throughout France, saving the sick and at the same time, keeping us safe. Thank you so much to the many of you who have already helped me to be able to donate. It is so moving to me, the amount of love that you have for French people, for French culture and then, um, and of course, for French is Beautiful, and I'm very happy to be able to make these donations and also at the same time provide you with materials to keep you inspired, to keep you nourished mentally, to keep your souls engaged during this time. So let's get into it. So my French beginners course is called basics for beginners. I created it after creating what is called the French refresher course. That's also available on the site. That course used to be called the comprehensive course. Um, That course is a very extensive course. It's intended for people who took French in high school or in college who are convinced that they've forgotten all the French that they used to know. As I always tell people, you haven't forgotten anything. Think of your French as this sleeping beauty that's just waiting to to um, to be brought back into your present day reality. So the French refresher course is for people who have taken French in college or in high school, who want to get back into their French, who want to get back into a relationship with their sleeping French, if you will who remember too much to be, to feel inspired by a beginner's course, but who remember too little uh, to have the confidence necessary to dive into an advanced course. So if that's you, check out the French refresher course. There are a series of videos that I've shot over the years in and around Paris that you will love and voila, voila, basics for beginners came after that course because then I realized well there were people that were that weren't quite ready for the french refresher course that were reaching out to me for a beginner's course. The basics for beginner's course comes with audios and videos and an ebook. All of the videos are quite vintage french is beautiful now. I shot them when I first moved to Paris. And for those of you who aren't familiar with the way that I teach, let me start by sharing a few of my philosophies. And this will help you to understand what makes this beginner's course so different. Uh, First, let me start off by saying what it is not, and then I'll share my philosophies, which will help you to understand what it is before we jump into it. So this is not a course where you simply uh, learn the days of the week, how to count from 1 to 10, uh, simple you know, greetings, although you do learn some of those things. This is a beginner's course designed for people who already are completely seduced by the French language, who love French culture, who really, really dream, probably secretly dream of one day speaking French fluidly. Now, why am I saying fluidly and not fluently? I do not believe in the power of fluency as a as a as a lasting and encouraging source of motivation for one's french journey our french journey is what i love to call our lifelong language with the most beautiful language on earth learning any language is a never ending journey even perhaps in your mother tongue you still learn words that you didn't know right so I like to focus. Focus to focus. I like to focus on fluidity. What do I mean by that? I think that the problem with fluency is that it is too linked to perfectionism, and I think that the the love for detail, the love for beauty, the love for sophistication that so many of us uh, find quenched by the French language and French culture is very much connected to perfectionism within so many of us as francophiles le perfectionisme, perfectionism. So that's why fluency is a goal. That's one of the reasons why it's not very motivating and actually quite intimidating because we tend to think of fluency as speaking French perfectly, as knowing every single word in the French language. And that's a very, very finite, very intimidating goal. If you ask me, I like to focus on fluidity. What's another difference between fluency and fluidity? Fluency generally is something that is going to be connected to outside judgment. Someone's going to tell you that you're fluent, right? Someone's going to tell you that you speak French perfectly. And that's your magical moment when you're going to say, ah, I speak French fluently. Let me tell you, as someone who speaks French fluently by most people's standards, that moment rarely happens simply because people are not judging us nearly as much as we are judging ourselves. Fluidity, however, is something that comes from the inside. It's a physical sensation. For me, fluidity means being so comfortable intellectually in a language that we are then comfortable in our bodies. We're not really listening to ourselves or judging ourselves as we speak If we don't know a word, we have a comfortable solution for describing what we're talking about or we're simply emotionally comfortable asking what the word is. We're no longer in a position where where we are afraid of other people's judgment. Also, we're speaking in a way that is culturally in line with the culture of the language that we're learning. So that's why, uh, par exemple, I'll refer to another one of the courses on my site right now, Café French. In Café French, I really teach you how to speak at a café or a restaurant or a bar in France like a French person, not like a travel French program. So this is going to subconsciously tip your waitresses and waiters off to the fact that you speak French fluidly, whether you speak French fluently, fluently, pardon or not, they'll be subconsciously given the signal that you speak French fluidly and will speak back to you in French and not in English. So speaking a language fluidly means being as comfortable in your own body as you are speaking that language, as you are when you speak in your mother tongue. Par exemple, for example, when I speak French, I feel just as calm and present in my body and, and, uh, and present in my thoughts as I do when I speak in English. In Italian, not quite yet. That said, though, one of the wonderful things that happens when you start to learn multiple languages is that you, you really start to embrace not speaking a language fluently, right, or even fluidly. You really start to just become much more comfortable knowing that, that it's not about being perfect. It's about connecting, and it's about trying, not just because you want to try to connect with others in their language, but for yourself. It feels so wonderful to stop ignoring a dream that you have inside and to start living it. And that might sound very trite to you, but that has been my experience learning French. I started learning French when I was, um, I was in college, my second year of college, I actually learned Spanish before I learned French, you know, and, and now I'm on this, well, I've been on, a, on an Italian journey for quite some time. I, I stopped studying Italian for many years and picked it up again last year, but I followed my own advice. I didn't start in a beginner's course. I knew that my Italian was just sleeping and, and voila there you go. So that was so magical for me to be in Rome in January and to, to be living this dream I've had of so long, of being in Italy and speaking in Italian with the Italian people and speaking with them in Italian about their culture. And if that's a dream that you have with the French language, I would love nothing more than to help you to make that shift that you need to make inside of yourself to, um, if you will, stop having your back to your francophile soul and just gently, 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 gently turn towards it and start spending time with your French a little bit. Every day. And I call it your French because learning a language, becoming fluid in a language, really is like being in a relationship with that language. You need to spend time with her every day. Not necessarily a lot of time, but consistent time and time focused on the essentials and the things that intimidate you the most first. So that is what I've done here with my Beginner's French course. It was initially taught as a live online course. I then uh, transferred it into a digital independent self-study course, if you will. So those of you who have it and are using this podcast to you know get back into it during this time of confinement you will recall that it's divided into four parts or four weeks each with their own video and audio and chapter in the ebook now you don't have to do it over four weeks some of you might even if you're reviewing it again you might even be able to you know review it in a weekend or review it in four days but it's separated into four weeks four parts And so let's just get into them now. So in week one or part one, I take you through the basics. Now, as I said earlier, these are not, you know, simply saying bonjour and counting to ten, but by basics, I mean the foundations, the things that we see the most in French and the things that also cause the most confusion as Anglophones, confusion for us as Anglophones and intimidate us the most. So what do I mean by that? These things called definite articles and indefinite articles. Now, if you if speaking about grammar terms intimidates you, I understand many people are frustrated when they learn languages because they feel like they have to learn grammar terms in addition to that. So know that in all of my programs, I speak in in normal human words also, not just in grammar terms. So all I mean by definite and indefinite articles are words like the or the, a, an, one, and some. That's all I mean. So, par exemple, for example, in French, the way that we say the is either le, L-E for the masculine, la, L-A for the feminine, les, L-E-S for the masculine and feminine plural. So we have le for masculine singular, la for feminine singular, and les for the plural, whether it's masculine or feminine. This is very, very, very basic. Basic, I don't mean that in a pejorative or judgmental way. I mean, it. this is, th- these are, these are the pillars of the French language, if you will. It is very important to spend a lot of time with these when we're starting out. Because we don't use them the same way that we use them in English. And I'll give you an example in a minute. Also, the pronunciation is so important. Many things that, one of the things that Anglophones do the most, especially my Californian students who learned Spanish first, is they want to pronounce L E, which is L, as if it was L E S, which is L E. So they will think they're saying le, but they're really saying les, which can be confusing in conversation because they think they're expressing something in a singular form and they're actually expressing it in a plural form. Now, that said, even when we make small mistakes in a foreign language, most people understand us. So when I'm focusing on accuracy and clarity here with you know that it's not because I'm trying to inspire this fear in you of being misunderstood or judged no 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 not at all what I'm trying to guide you towards is a sense of confidence and security and being really grounded in the French language the more grounded we are the more familiar we are with the language the less mental chatter we'll have in our minds as we're speaking in it, the less um, the less psychic distance, if you will, we will have between us and the language. We'll have a nice closeness to it, just like we would have with another person in a relationship. D'accord? Okay? So let's repeat those again. Le, that's the masculine singular, as in le portable, the cell phone. P-O-R-T-A-B-L-E. La, that is the feminine singular, as in la maison, the house, M-A-I-S-O-N. And then we have les, the plural, L-E-S. And we do not pronounce that S, Unless the word that comes after it starts with a vowel. Why? Well, let me tell you, let me answer the question, what, first. What is that all about? That is what we call the the liaison in French. And it's what makes French so beautiful. So remember that when you're learning French and you start to become frustrated by, you know, when you can't understand when people are speaking because the words are all linked together. Remember that the thing that's frustrating you is actually the thing that drew you into French. So, par exemple, for example, let's uh, talk about two examples of les, L-E-S. How about, how about les femmes, the women, so F-E-M-M-E-S, sorry, F-E-M-M-E-S, Les femmes, that's my franglais brain working against me. So, les femmes, and notice I did not pronounce the S on the end of femme, right? Because that's, that's the end of my little phrase. There's no word with a vowel that follows it. So, les femmes, the women, or how would we say the children? Listen to me. I'll say each word separate. Les L-E-S, and enfant, E-N-F-A-N-T-S, enfant, enfant, les enfants. If I'm going to say those words more fluidly like a French person would, I'm going to use the liaison. And now it's going to be les enfants. So it's not just that now all of a sudden I'm pronouncing the S on the end of les. Think of it like this. This is much more helpful. I'm putting that S on the beginning of enfant, and an S on its own in French becomes a Z. It's one of the sexiest vowels in the French language. The S and the R. We'll get into the R in a minute, because as I said, I start off my beginner's program with the things that intimidate us the most. So les enfants, not les enfants. That's how we want to pronounce French as an anglophone, because in English we 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 treat we pronounce each word in an isolated block, but not in French. Try to think of how you would say it if you were singing it, les enfants, par exemple, for example. So when you're singing, you have to connect everything together. So it's not les enfants, it's les enfants, les enfants les enfants. Now, if you were on my Instagram live on Friday, when I took you through this course, you'll remember that I said as intimidating as the French R can be, Really what we need to focus on when it comes to our French pronunciation as anglophones are French vowels, because the vowels are varied and very, very differently from the vowels that we use in the English language. I won't have time to get into all of those different aspects today, but just file that away for another time. So, les enfants. And another piece of advice I'll give you before we move on is when you speak French, you, you need to become very open to and very used to sort of letting words float off into the distance. So a wonderful example is this word enfant. It's challenging for us as Anglophones to end a word on a vowel sound, particularly French vowel sounds, because although they are very, 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 very precise, They're also much, um, they're much, sort of, they're a little bit more um, out of focus, if you will, than English vowels. And en, that enfant, is a wonderful example of that. Les enfants. My mouth doesn't close when I finish enfant. It just sort of floats off into the ether. So those are the ways that we say the in French, but also remember that, We use the word the more often in French than we do in English. French nouns are very insecure. They rarely travel alone. They always have one of their buddies with them, like le, la, or les. Or un, which is the masculine singular of one, or a, or an, or une, which is the feminine singular of one, or a, or an. So un is spelled UN, and une is spelled UN. U-N-E. And notice it's not un, it's un. It's got sort of a second little, what I call a mini syllable after it. This is, this will really help you lean into French pronunciation and love the way that pronouncing French feels in your mouth instead of feeling self-conscious and resisting it. Un, un, just like we did with femme, femme. And I mentioned some is a very important word in French, which might surprise you because we definitely, we definitely don't use some as much in English and it doesn't, it wouldn't strike you as an important word, right? However, remember what I just said, French nouns are very insecure and they rarely travel alone. They're like the opposite of what you think of when you think of a Parisienne, of a Parisian woman. So how do we say some in French? The singular masculine is du, d-u. The singular feminine is de la. That's two words, d-e and l-a. And the plural, whether it's masculine or feminine, is des, d-e-s. So des, d-e-s, rhymes with les, l-e-s, that we just looked at together. And some of you who already know French, you know that this du, du is de de plus le le just as the feminine is de la right and this de also means of or from try not to try not to let your brain go down the rabbit hole of what i call the translation trap trying to translate that into english and understand why in french we say of the in order to say some Just instead of saying why, just say why not and just memorize that that's the way we do it. So here are some examples of how we would use these words in French and how they sound very strange if we were to do a direct translation into English. Par par exemple, par exemple, it's my franglais again. What if I wanted to say, um, I love coffee in French. How would I say that? So first of all, let me teach you something really useful. If we want to say we love a thing in French, we actually don't use the verb aimer, A-I-M-E-R. We use the verb adorer, A-D-O-R-E-R. That's like, think of those J'adore Dior commercials. I love. Literally, I adore Dior, but you can figuratively translate that into I love Dior. So I'm going to say, j'adore le café. Literally, I'm saying I love the coffee. Not j'adore café. Because remember what I said, French nouns, our noun here is café, are very insecure and rarely travel alone. And when I'm talking about something in general in French, I have to say « "the." So, le café. J'adore le café. Now, what if I wanted to say, I'll have a coffee, please, at a café. I would say, je prends un café, s'il vous plaît. So, literally, I take a coffee, please. Figuratively, I'll have a coffee, please. So, un café… A coffee that works that translates easily between French and English. But what if I want to say, "I would like some coffee"? What if I'm like, um, "What if I'm at a friend's country home and it's a long Sunday lunch and"? Um, There's a little bit of coffee left. We've finished all the meal and we're now on to coffee. And there's a little bit left and people are asking who would like the rest. And you want to say, I would like some. You would say, j'aimerais, I would like, du, some, café, coffee. And you'd probably add a s'il te plaît. J'aimerais du café. J'aimerais du café. So, du café, some, coffee. Now, the other very important lesson in this first week, so again, I'm just, I'm really sort of glossing over everything, but the next important lesson are the, what I call the six French R's. And I have broken these down into six different types based upon their intensity. R's at the end of French words are generally silent in verbs. Par exemple, for example, aller, ALLER which means to go we're not pronouncing that r and the r's that are that are at the front of french words are the most intense so let me give you my trick for french r's we do not need to have a, our lips in a certain position in order p- to pronounce the french r honestly the French R should not be something that holds you back when you're working on your French pronunciation, when you are working on speaking in French. It's the least important of things when it comes to being misunderstood. You can simply pronounce your R as an American R or you can roll it almost as a Spanish R if you would, if you wish. There is no shame in having an accent. The only people that do not like American accents when speaking French are Americans. French people love American accents. I have so many friends that reminisce on the days when, you know, I had a cute American accent. So please believe me on this one. It's completely okay and actually will work in your favor in many social situations (laughs) to have an adorable accent. And, you know, there are plenty of people from all over the world that speak French with accents. So, you know, if, please know that, that uh if this helps you at all know that it's you know this is going to sound a little bit direct or maybe a little bit harsh but hopefully this will help you to to let go of this like you know it's not all about you <laughs> it's not all about you people aren't constantly judging your accent or you know ready to judge you and analyze your accent and your ability to speak french when you're speaking to them in french no they're they're really just listening to you and having a conversation with them and they have other thoughts in their minds too. So not all of the focus is on you and your accent to that point. So really just let yourself be human and embrace who you are. That said, I have some wonderful tips for you. So the French R is an intense breath out. It's more intense when you get, when the R is at the front of French words. Simply put your palm, uh, you know, maybe, hmm, I don't know, maybe a foot from your face right now. And pretend like your palm is a pair of glasses and you are fogging them up to clean them. That's all that that is. That's the French R. So that's why we don't have to have our lips in any certain position when we pronounce it. Which is a good thing because when words start with... A French R—they tend to intimidate us. Let's start with the one that intimidates everyone the most: the word for street in French, because this word actually has in it the sound that's the hardest for Anglophones to make—that singular U sound, the U, U, not to be confused with the O U, which is U. So that's why there's always that you know joke about people saying "Merci beaucoup," thank you. Beautiful butt. Thank you, beautiful ass. When they mean to say merci beaucoup. Merci beaucoup. Thank you very much. Versus merci beaucoup. Thank you, beautiful ass. So let's focus on rue. So when I say la rue, the street, my lips are in the position that they need to be in for the U sound, which is sort of like... um. My, my lips are really, they're in a circle and they're and they're um, pursed, if you will. I have a wonderful trick for pronouncing that U sound that I'll give to you in another episode. But for now, let's just focus on the fact that the French R has nothing to do with what position our lips are in. It can, our lips can be in any position. So when I say la rue, when I pronounce that rue, my lips are already in the position for that U sound. And remember that the French R is nothing more than as if we were fogging up our glasses. It's not deep in our throats. That's more of the R that we find in Hebrew, par exemple. Remember that French is a very gentle language. That's why we tend to speak at a softer volume when we speak it. We are not projecting. This is also why we can't have a French R that's deep in our throats, because actually so much of the sound production is happening you know, just just behind our lips. So you really need to feel that on the top toward the back of the roof of your mouth, but not in your throat. D'accord? Okay. So I just took you through one, two of the French R's: the one at the beginning of words and the one at the end. But those of you who have the course. You also have the examples for the other four. Week two first verbs. So, I take you through the most commonly used French verbs just in their present tense form to get you used to conjugating verbs. Conjugating verbs is the bane of everyone's existence. It's not hard, it's just very clinical and boring, and it requires sitting down at your table with a moment of calm and Copying them down from a verb conjugator on the internet or, or a verb conjugation book. Um, I love to copy my verbs down multiple times and test myself. I like to say them out loud. For me, it, it's become a very meditative practice. There's nothing hard about learning verb conjugations. The only hard part, honestly, is getting yourself to sit down and work on them. So I take you through adore. Adorer to adore a person to love an object aimer to love a person to like a thing aller to go avoir to have dire to say to tell and i hope now you can hear that french you're hearing the french are different differently already when i'm saying like par exemple and avoir and dire and être it's just a breath out Être means to be, faire means to make or to do, parler, to speak, s'appeler, to be called or to be named. Now, in the French refresher course, I take you through a longer list of essential verbs and we go through all of the essential um, conjugations of them, which is a very, which is one of the most unique aspects of my teaching because I don't believe in teaching people present tense, and then in the next level they learn past tense for a number of reasons. I The last thing I want to do is underestimate any of my students, and I really want to equip you with what you need to know first in order to you know really be as inspired as possible on your French journey. And it doesn't make any sense to me to divide levels of a language course into different kinds of um verb tenses, it makes much more sense to me to focus on groups of verbs by how necessary they are, and then really dive into the tenses in which we use them the most. So in this week two, I also teach you how to create uh, negative sentences in French, which is very fun. So what we do is we sandwich each verb with a ne pas. So, for example, par exemple, if I want to say I do not like coffee, I would say je n'aime pas le café. Je, that's I, J-E, Nem N apostrophe, A-I-M-E. So, the ne, ne has become an N apostrophe because A-I-M-E has a vowel at the beginning of it. So, je n'aime. And then pas, P A S. Le café, coffee. Or, as we learned together, the coffee is how we need to say it in French. Je n'aime pas le café. Let me give you some other examples from this chapter. Je n'aime pas cette musique. I do not like this music. Elle n'est pas française. She is not French. Nous n'allons pas au cinéma. We are not going to the movies. Well, truer words have not been spoken than those in recent days. Oh là là Week three, we get into manners and useful terms. So you can, already, you can already get a feel for how I teach. I really, really, really love to reward you for getting some of the more intimidating, boring, but necessary and essential things out of the way. So now we get into some really fun, just beautiful, important phrases like bonjour, hello, bonne journée, have a nice day, bonne soirée, have a nice evening, s'il vous plaît, please. Now, for those of you who are saying, I already know how to say these things, well, wait, because with my help in the audios, you'll be saying them in a way where you're really going to find your French accent. Je vous en prie, you're welcome, or after you, excusez-moi, excuse me, pardon, which can be used to say pardon me, or also come again if you want someone to repeat themselves. But you, but you, you, it's not that you didn't understand it's that they didn't speak loudly enough. So that's another one of my tricks for getting people to speak back to you in French, for sending the message that you speak French fluidly, right? Sending the message that you're comfortable with French. Combien, how much, qui, which means who, quoi, which means what, quand, which means when, où, which means where. Remember, où with the accent means where, où without the accent means or now there are quite a few words like this in French where a word is pronounced the same but has different meanings or a word is pronounced the same even if it looks differently. One of the things that people like to latch onto when they're learning French is a way to to you know to halt themselves on their French journey is they insist that you know French is so complicated. how can people understand us when when you know so many things sound the same? I promise you that rarely in a French conversation is someone going to misunderstand you because a word has uh, one sound could be attached to different words, like this example with ou. Maybe a few times a a year I'm in a conversation where the person has to um, préciser or to, you know, add some more precisions to what they're saying for this reason. Um, But it rarely happens. Every rare once in a while it does happen. And we are used to this. Those of us who, who live in French, and so you know, we're we're used to speaking our mind, and we're used to seeking clarity. We love clarity and organization in French culture, and we have no issues asking for it. Uh, other other useful or beautiful words: l'amour, love or the love, c'est. C apostrophe EST meaning it's or that so that's that's spelled just as S A Y in English say so a fun way to remember that is say le weekend S A Y and then weekend say le weekend that's the pronunciation of say C apostrophe EST le weekend so it's kind of a fun pun I should I used to post that every Friday on Instagram. Maybe I'll start doing that again. C'est le weekend. So, say le weekend, but also c'est le weekend. It's the weekend. Uh, je ne sais pas. I don't, I don't know. Je ne comprends pas. I don't understand. And last, but certainly not least, week four. Nouns, adjectives, and accent marks. So this is all about vocabulary building, helping you to understand all of these crazy accent marks that we see in French. I give you their names. I explain to you how they affect a a syllable's pronunciation, if at all. I give you their history, where applicable. Par exemple, forêt, F-O-R-E, with the accent circumflex, or the carrot or the hat, T simply uh, signifies to us that it used to be spelled with an S, -S F-O-R-E-S-T. That accent circumflex does not affect the pronunciation. I also help you to understand or hopefully have some comfort around another topic that tends to block many students on their French journey, especially those students who have already learned Spanish. The genders of French nouns. Many people think that French is a lawless language. There are no rules when it comes to the genders of French nouns. This is not true. There are some rules. I explain them to you. For example, par exemple, words that end in Y in English tend to end in E. Accent aigu. That's that accent that goes up to the right in French. It also creates that sort of long A sound. For example, beauty becomes la beauté. And as you just heard, those words tend to be feminine. However, the thing about la langue française, the French language, is that um, there are rules. There are also exceptions to those rules, as, as there are in many languages. However, with French, those exceptions, for whatever reason, tend to apply to some of the most commonly used words. D'accord? Okay. However, as I said, I have given you some of those basic rules to help you on your French journey. I've also given you a very long, however partial, list of what we call true friends or vrais amis, the grammar term is true cognates. These are words that look the same and are spelled the same and have the same meaning in French as they do in English. So you actually know a lot of French words already without being aware of it. These are also wonderfully fun words to practice your French accent on. Par exemple, weekend, weekend. And don't be afraid to, you know, really lean into whatever the caricature, uh, caricature of a French accent is for you. Weekend, 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 right? Another great word in French is pause, une pause, which means a break. But it's the word pause in English, pause. Simple in French becomes simple, simple. Intelligent becomes intelligent or Intelligente for the feminine. Intelligent. Intelligente. Table becomes table. Innocence becomes innocence. Wi-Fi becomes Wi-Fi. Hotel becomes hotel. Rose becomes Rose, champagne, a French word, becomes champagne. Taxi becomes taxi, etc., etc. And I also take you through some basic vocabulary and really inspiring vocabulary, uh, ways to describe where you're living, wine, um, Neighborhoods of Paris, manners, essential things like weather, time, days of the week, cell phone charger, first name, last name, passport, cell phone number, the names for our rental bikes here in Paris, Velib, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then I teach you about French adjectives. Now, remember what I just said about how in French we do have rules, but the exceptions to those rules are applied to some of the most commonly used words. Well, the same thing happens with adjectives. If you have felt like you've never been able to get a handle on where French adjectives go, then you're about to understand why. So typically, French adjectives are supposed to go after the noun. For example, um, du thé sucré, some sweetened tea. Du, some, thé, tea, sucré, sweetened. Or une femme américaine, an American woman. Une Anne, femme, woman, américaine, American. However, when it comes to basic adjectives, like the ones that you would get in trouble for in English class in school because they aren't descriptive enough, like age, beauty, good, bad, or size, these come before the nouns. Par exemple, une jolie fille, a pretty girl, une... A jolie, pretty, fille, girl. Un bon vin, a good wine. Un a bon, good vin, wine, etc., etc. And then we have some wonderful fill-in-the-blank, simple exercises, not only to help you with these, uh, with this placement of the, adjectif, the adjectives, but also to help you build your essential vocabulary. And then, pour terminer, to finish, we have the bonus vowel drills. So what I'm about to take you through, uh, these vowel drills have their own audios that come with this program. Remember what I said at the very top of this podcast, that Anglophone students tend to have a hard time pronouncing le, L-E. They want to pronounce it as if it was les, L-E-S. And remember what I said about the vowel sound u, that singular u being so challenging for Anglophones to pronounce. Well, I created vowel drills around those two sounds. So these are also going to help you to remember how to pronounce the words that they rhyme with that I've included in these drills. So, repeat after me. Je, that's spelled J-E, and it means I. Le, that's spelled L-E, and it means the, masculine singular. Ne, that's spelled N-E, and remember it's part of our negation. Ne pas, as in je n'aime pas le café. De. That's spelled D-E. And remember, it means of or from, but it's also part of de la. Some, when we're using that in the feminine singular. And que. That's spelled Q-U-E, and it means that. And not that as in that thing, but that as in, um, you would use it in a longer sentence. Like, il faut que... Je reste chez moi. <laughs> Il faut que je reste chez moi. It is necessary that I stay home. So let's work on those together, focusing on that E sound. And when you make that E sound, you should have that really sort of sexy, you know, almost like a tiny bit of duck face, if you will. That upper lip sort of like pushing out and coming up a little. Don't be afraid to go there. Je. Le. ne. De, que, je, le, ne, de, que. Très bien, wonderful. So next, tu, that's spelled T-U and it means you. So that's you, someone that you're familiar with, that you know, right? Or, or someone that's, you know, your same age that you're with in school or, you know, um, a colleague at, at work that, you know, works on your team. Du, that's spelled D-U. And remember that du is a combination of D-E and L-E. That de, le becomes du, as in du café, some coffee. And ün, un, U-N-E, which is the feminine singular version of one, a, or an. So let's work on those together. Repeat after me. Tu, du, ün. Tu, du, une. Et voilà, chers amis. And there you have it, dear friends. Merci d'être là avec moi. Thank you for being here with me. Again, I just took you through my Beginner's French course. On the website, it is called Basics for Beginners. I am hosting a Zoom study session this Wednesday at 5 p.m. Paris time. So that's 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you sign up for the newsletter on my site, frenchisbeautiful.com, you will receive the link for it tomorrow. And remember that 20% of all of the profits from all of my digital courses, all of the courses on the shop are being donated to Secours Populaire and Fondation Hôpitaux. I cannot say thank you Uh, enough times or enough for those of you who have been helping me be able to donate it it means so much right now to be receiving all this love for france for french is beautiful and i am so honored to be able to uh, provide you with this content and, you know, the Zoom sessions and the courses to make the most of this time as uh, we all just sort of have a, a pause, <laughs> pause and go inward and uh, focus on on things that we've been meaning to focus on for a while but haven't had the time or haven't had the the amount of calm necessary to do so. So prenez soin de vous take care of yourselves, pensez aux autres, think of others, et restez chez vous, and stay home. Je vous embrasse très très fort, I send you a very very big kiss, et je vous souhaite une très belle journée, and I wish you a very beautiful day.